Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. First and goal. Stroud, he's got six. He's in for the touchdown. I'm the greatest. This is the Rich Eisen Show. He is so good and he he's so powerful to be around. With guest host Andrew Siciliano. Today's guests, host of the Greenlight Podcast and two-time Super Bowl champion, Chris Long. Plus overreaction Monday and more. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Andrew Siciliano. Hey, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend. We are all friends here. I am happy to be here. Rich is back tomorrow. We got a big show after. Hey, what a wild weekend of football. What a what a wacky, wild weekend. Can I just pull back the curtain here before we get going and talk about things like CJ Stroud <laughs> and Dak Prescott and the fact that we had five games and in walk off field goals. I don't even like that phrase, but field goals with no time I mean, left on the that's clock. What happened. It was a walk off. Or, or the fact that Zach Wilson made some like amazing pro day throws, but not enough like game day throws, things like that. Can let me pull the curtain back and I'm going to go in a different order today. All right. I'm going to start over here with TJ because his team. Good morning, TJ Jefferson had a huge win Hello, folks. over Mike. Can I get it? Hit it. Hit the over music. Tommy DeVito Hit it. Hit it. And, and, and the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry. The New York Giants. What are we waiting for? How about them Cowboys? Oh! Mikey, to pay attention is what we're waiting no, for. I was doing ah, something for Brockman. Guys, we're already 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 Mike Del Tufo. Great to have you back. Good to, it's see, good you, to see you, you doing, sir. Is it Andrew? Is it great to have him back? It you is know, great to have him back. And Chris Brockman, I know you don't have, you know, an IFB, but you can hear me from across the room. It is great yes, to sir. have you here hey, as well. it's great to see you, buddy. Donkey! Right before the show began, Brockman and TJ got into a screaming match about the future of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Well, I wouldn't call He's going to propose match. on the like podium after a, winning the Super Bowl. A screaming match after he flew to Buenos Aires Ooh, on, his, on his off week, and he was at the concert, and she kissed him off the stage after changing the lyrics in Karma, the song Karma, to, to, to include him. And you guys were getting in a screaming match about how long the relationship is going to last. And Brockman thinks they're going to get married when he's going to propose after they win the Super Bowl in Vegas. And they're going to go to an Elvis chapel yes. by midnight. All of that's going to happen. Absolutely. And you guys are screaming at each other. And then I just had a brick Tamlin moment because Hoskins is, is counting me into the show. We're on in 30. Running 15. Loud noises. Opens on. <laughs> opens hot. Five. And you guys are still going on. What do you mean? You thought it was fake. What do you care? Back and forth. And I just scream like Brick Tamlin. Loud noises. Will you please stop? And then TJ yells, why do you care if we... Oh, because we're going to do a show. <laughs> well, and then Brockman's still yelling. And then it's all... And... and America it's Monday, guys. And, and international and people in Germany like Oleg, 
that's not exactly how it went. That wasn't quite exactly eh, what the deal was. But I mean, sure. that's it pretty close, TJ. I, I embellish for a better story. I embellish the story about the monkeys in Cambodia last <laughs> week. My buddy that I was with in the jungle in Cambodia DM me on Instagram after TJ you posted it and well. That's some embellishment, but hey, you got the heart of the story there. <laughs> right? <laughs> so we could all embellish a little bit. Great story. Great story. Anyway. Also, Andrew, yeah. I've got the script, and I see nothing about what Brian talking You're about crazy, bro. in the script. It does get wild in week 11, it's though. Right you now. have seen the original Keegan-Michael Key uh, commercial promo, right? late in training camp where they had Donna Kelsey in there. Mm -hmm. And didn't she ask for Garoppolo, right? Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo's got some free time. Hey, (laughs) so you never know if that part of the script is realized Uh. or if that gets left on the cutting room floor. I digress. If they had written a script for this past weekend, I don't know that it would have been rejected but I think on the first table read, people would have went, okay. <laughs> what? All right. Say what? I didn't see that one coming. I didn't see C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans in a week in which they had 23. That's a real number. Not an exaggeration. 23 players on the injury list midweek. I didn't see them going into Cincinnati and not only beating the Bengals, doing so with 30 carries and a buck 50 from Devin Singletary. Beating the Bengals after blowing a late 10 point lead against a Super Bowl contender, against a team that had just beaten the Bills on Sunday night, against a team that has been to the AFC Championship game in each of the last two seasons. I told you last week that CJ Stroud needed to be in the MVP conversation. Interesting how Twitter took that one up on its own Sunday afternoon with many of the talking heads that you see on the TV and on the Twitter or the X or the face space or any of those things saying, oh, I think CJ Stroud should be the MVP. Listen, I didn't invent the idea in any way, shape or form, but it needs to be discussed. CJ Stroud did it again and he overcame his second interception of the year, not of the quarter. Not of the half, Hmm. not of the week, not of the month. His second interception of the season as a rookie in the fourth quarter when he seemingly gave the game back to Joe Burrow. But all he did was march his team down the field. And Matt Amendola, not Dari Ogumbawale, hit the game-winning field goal. And the Houston Texans, everybody are a legitimate playoff contender. They are 5-4. and four, And if the playoffs were to start today, I'm waiting for it. They're not. They don't. Thank <laughs> you. The Houston Texans would be in. You know, Houston in a couple of weeks gets the Jaguars in town. Team they've already beaten. A team they've already beaten in Jacksonville. Who would have circled? Raise your hand if you would have circled week 12 Jaguars Texans must see in Houston as a game that's worthy of being flexed. Now put your hand down, you're lying. Mm-hmm. 
lying liar who lies. <laughs> but the Houston Texans have a schedule that sets up nicely. They get tiny dancer Kyler Murray and the Cardinals next week. Then the Jags, then the Broncos, then Trevor Simeon and the Jets. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. You get my point. They're pretty good. Here's what C.J. Stroud had to say after the game. I think that's where it comes from. I think God made me like that. I've been through a lot, not only in football, but um, things that uh, made me just kind of chill during uh, when everything's going crazy. Um, and I thank God for putting that on me because that's something that um, – put that in me, excuse me, um, because that's something that, that that you need playing in this position in this league. Um, that, that defense over there, uh, they, didn't, they didn't blink, even though they were giving up big plays and things like that. Um, they knew that it would come down to the wire. We knew that too. Um, and I just went to D'Amico let him know, man, I got you. We're going to win this game. And he looked me right in the eye and said, I trust you. So um, it's, it's amazing to have uh, trust in your head coach. And I'm a rookie. And, and my OC, Bobby, man, like uh, I think Bobby, we need to give him his flowers. He called a great game again, um, leaned on his players and, and, and took risk. Um, and, and I appreciate him for even doing that. Bobby being Bobby Slowick, son of the former NFL assistant, Bob Slowick, the offensive coordinator, and another one from the Shanahan tree. What kind of tree is it? It's another tree. It's a tree, rather, that that bears offensive coordinators. Bobby Slowick came from the 49ers with D'Amico Ryans. And if you go back to the pre-draft process, and they will make a 30-for-30 one day on the pre-draft process that led the Texans to get C.J. Stroud at number two, Right, brushing aside all the talk of his slow reading of the field or slow processing, whatever it was you you heard that C.J. Stroud wasn't good at. But the one thing that we did know and was reported in that in their pre-draft meeting, Bobby Slowick, the rookie offensive coordinator, had never called a play yet for the Texans, and C.J. Stroud kind of got into it, like butted heads. And a lot of times in these pre-draft interviews, especially for the quarterbacks, you press them, right? Hey, what do you see here? What do you do here? What kind of leader are you? You ask all the tough questions. This is the guy that we may have as the face of the franchise. And allegedly, it didn't go well between Slowick and Stroud. A lot of people thought Bobby Slowick allegedly was trying to be a little bit of a tough guy. Slowick has said, hey, maybe I didn't handle it the right way. I got a little amped up. C.J. Stroud pushed back, and then it came out. Oh, no, it didn't go well. Bad, bad, bad pre-draft visit. Oof, oof. Not going well there in Houston. Oof. Maybe Nick Casario is going to be out before the whole season even begins. Wow, bad, rough, ugly. Nope, they're in the playoffs right now, kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the playoffs if they were to start right now which they do not but they are a legitimate contender and if they beat the Jaguars in a couple of weeks in Houston and the Jaguars aren't necessarily what we thought they were 72 hours ago if they beat the Jaguars in Houston in a couple of weeks they have the inside track to the AFC South title and a home game in the American Football Conference playoffs. So, how about that one? On the flip side of the New York, I'm sorry, the Houston Texans, you find the New York Jets, who played two primetime games in six days and failed to reach the painted area at the end of the field in both of those games. 
They had a 23-yard Zach Wilson touchdown yesterday that was called back. They had a touchdown pass to C.J. Uzama that was called back. That was like on consecutive plays, and from that point, they never got close. Now, they almost won the game on a Hail Mary at the end, but we had that happen in September as well when Randall Cobb couldn't get that Hail Mary. So there are a lot of woulda, coulda, shouldas for the New York Jets. But the fact is, they're not getting any better offensively. You could argue, even though Zach Wilson... And Daniel Jeremiah, Dan Orlovsky made this point a couple of weeks ago, certainly has shown signs of maturity and progression. But the last two weeks have been regression. And now you're left with a team that has no answers. And even though friend of the program, Alyssa Stark, went on the broadcast yesterday and in the third quarter said they believe Aaron Rodgers, after meeting with him pregame, is set to come back mid-December, which defies all (laughs) medical science. Insane! It's insane. I mean, make the Mr. Miyagi jokes, like whatever joke you like. It's not supposed to happen. But as we said on Tuesday morning, is he coming back if this team is out of it? And the team we saw last night was a mess offensively. Dalvin Cook, right out of the gate. Three runs for like 25 yards, and then he disappeared the rest of the game. They have one offensive weapon not named Garrett Wilson. His name is Brees Hall. Every time he touches the ball, good things happen. Mm -hmm. But all they do is kick field goals. Here's a quote from Tyler Conklin after the game, who almost was able to come down with that Hail Mary. He said, they asked me today, are you okay to speak to the media? And I said, yeah, I'll speak. But what do you guys want me to say? Or rather expect me to say? That's the thing. It's a broken record. We've got to figure it out. We can't keep going out there and doing this over and over again. Letting the defense down. Our team down. I wish I had answers to questions about why we can't score in the red zone. Why we had a lot of penalties. All those things. But there's really no good answer to give you guys because we got to figure it the bleep out. Mm. Question today for you Jets fans right now after watching that happen again last night. Would you have been okay with Carson Wentz as your quarterback last night? Mm. Would you have beaten the Chargers with Carson Wentz as your quarterback on Monday night? I'm not suggesting Carson Wentz would have taken you on a Nick Foles-like run as the backup quarterback. But do you think Carson Wentz would have beaten the Raiders last night? Tell you what, I do. If you listen to my guy Ian Rappaport on Sunday morning on NFL Game Day kickoff before Rich and Jason McCourty called the Colts' thrilling win over the Patriots in Frankfurt. Ian said Carson Wentz's camp reached out to the Jets, and they said, now we're good. Really? So he went to sign as the backup to Matthew Stafford and will be on the practice field this week in Thousand Oaks as the Rams return from there by and get set to take on the 6-3 and Seattle Seahawks at SoFi coming up on Sunday. The Jets said, now we're good. I am not the biggest Carson Wentz fan. But why do they keep pounding their head against the wall 
with Zach Wilson. I'll tell you why. There's a throw he made in the fourth quarter right before the Hail Mary where he stepped up in the pocket, moved to his right, body twisted, getting hammered, throws the ball up the scene to Tyler Conklin who makes a great catch over his head, and you say, I know that guy. That's the guy I saw at the pro day. That's the guy I saw at BYU. I know that guy. He's my friend. I know that guy. I know you. I know, I know you. you. Look at the Hail Mary throw. The Hail Mary throw. He is on his run to the left on one foot. Ju- Jukes Max Crosby. You saw the juke, Jukes right? Crosby. He was about to get murdered yep. by Max Crosby. Jukes him <laughs> on the run, left foot. Sidearm chucks it, it sixty yards in the air. Got sixty yards. Used the ref as a pick like, too. I was, know you used the ref as a pick. It was yes. incredible. <laughs> but once again, you know, no look throw. You're, that you're was like amazing. You 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 get these glimpses of pro day Zach Wilson, but you you get game day Zach Wilson, who turns the ball over, who struggles to make. The needed basic plays, and you get the same results. It is a credit to Robert Sala that this team is in this position, that this team hasn't been torn apart internally. Truly do mean that. It is a credit to you, good man. Garrett Wilson seemed on the verge of tears in the postgame locker room. This team has no more answers anymore. Let's rank the quarterbacks. Who would you like to see play for the Jets next week? All right? Here are your four options. Aaron Rodgers is not an option. Zach Wilson, Trevor Simeon, Tim Boyle, or if they had said yes, Carson Wentz. Of those four, which is the best option? It's Carson Wentz. But, but, but. Can you look Aaron Rodgers in the eye and tell him we're going to go get Carson Wentz? Is Carson Wentz going to be the good teammate and graciously step aside and not make it awkward? It wouldn't be the same like with him and Foles or him and Hurts. But by all accounts, that didn't go well. It didn't. So is that the reason you said no? Did you think that Wentz was the bad fit or did you think that Rodgers wouldn't want Wentz? I don't know. Did you see the look on Aaron's face yesterday? Remember, he's got the headset on, and this is a total out-of-context glance. I have no idea what he was reacting to. But the timing was play call comes in, third and long, Hackett calls something conservative. I think it was a screen on third and long rather than, hey, third and 18, there aren't a lot of good plays, but rather than try to... Take a shot downfield, and you see the look of disappointment when they cut to Rodgers, who again has the headset on. He he might have been listening to a podcast. Okay? <laughs> he might have had Smartless on. I have no idea. I forget which day Rogan drops. I have no idea. Never heard it. No idea. But it looked as if he was like, really? Yeah, he was like, kind of shook his head too. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, it's not going to work. Not going to work. He might have been listening to the Greenlight Podcast with Chris Long, who joins us coming up next as we get rolling here on a Monday. Look at that good-looking suit. Chris Long coming up next on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Can you tell me the story, the famous story of you noticing John Candy in the crowd before, oh. <laughs> before that two-minute drill <clears throat> the, the Bengals? Harris Barton was a a people person so yes. we were free for dinner during the week but you know practice and meetings and then come back after dinner and more meetings so when he would come back from dinner he was like a little kid he could not wait to tell you about all the celebrities he saw while he was at dinner <laughs> and so i had we were just standing there and between the tight end and um his shoulder was uh frame john candy and in so the crowd. It, he was on the sideline. Oh, he's on the sideline. And so I was, and I sat there and I, I looked and I go, dang, I don't remember Harris saying he saw John Candy. <laughs> this so, is what you're thinking in the Super Bowl with minutes to go, needing to, to drive yeah, down the field. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so I walked over and said, hey, age, man, there's, there's John Candy. <laughs> and he, Harris stood like this for eight minutes, per, perfectly still. He was a little bit anal that way. He would not move. He was... Like little, I didn't do it to unwind him. I just thought he would appreciate seeing John Candy. <laughs> since he, <laughs> Did you ever meet Candy, or that was the only time? Yeah, no, I had met John a few years before that. Um, my contract was up. Okay. And he was, you know, one of the owners of the Toronto Argonauts. Okay. He was trying to get me to go to Canada. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they just didn't have enough money. <laughs> <laughs> but if the price was right, you'd, you'd, I might you'd have had been, a, yeah, I might have been wearing an Argonaut. You could, you know, uh, yeah, you'd have a 55-yard line. You'd be like, I'll do that. So he legitimately said, you know, hey. you know. Yeah, we had a couple meetings about yeah. You did. So this yeah. is real. Like, it wasn't oh, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, a, no. oh, by the way. No, 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 no. <laughs> wow, I love that. It's 
It is the Rich Eisen Show, everybody. Rich is back coming up tomorrow at this hour. He is on a plane coming home from Frankfurt after watching the Colts beat the Patriots 10-6. to After watching a Bailey Zappi fake spike pick to end the game. And after watching Patriots owner Robert Kraft on a massive Seinfeldian puffy <laughs> with a long face. Stanza was jealous. Watching... <laughs> Gore-Tex. From above. It's Gore-Tex. Uh, this, is, this is rather the Rich Eisen Show desk. It is furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. This guy stops by on Mondays. This guy from the Greenlight Podcast. And I forgot to mention this last time. Sorry about that, Chris Long. Inside the NFL, it's new life. It's new version. With Ryan Clark and all your friends, Jake Cutler and Channing Crowder and Chad Ochocinco, on the CW every Tuesday night. What's going on, man? What's up, dude? How are you? I am doing well. Uh, how was your football weekend? You want to start with Michigan, Penn State, and work back to the NFL? Yeah, I was there. I you, was there. I yeah, I was on the sideline. It was cool. Uh, did you uh, did you scream or yell or get a bloody nose or curse at a camera after the game or anything <laughs> crazy like that? No, did you cry? No, I got I got a buddy up there who's coaching, and you know, like uh, for for him, I feel for him, you know, because it was a tough game and all that. But two weeks in a row, I get to go to Tuscaloosa, and then I get to go to Happy Valley, so I get to see some real big time college football. Um, I'm kind of on my world tour in that respect. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. You saw a one-sided game. Well, you saw a game with, with two great defenses. And for those who don't know by now, uh, Penn State fired its OC after uh, another loss to a Big Ten power that they thought you know they belonged to stand alongside. First Ohio State, now Michigan. Uh, Sharon Moore stared at the camera after the game, after coaching on an interim basis for, for Jim Harbaugh and uh, cried and, and cursed. And I get it from the Michigan perspective. Hey, our coach got suspended in the air on the way here. Um, on the flip side of it, though, I have a hard time, you know, believing Harbaugh knew nothing. I don't know, Chris, what do you think? Yeah. What was that like? Uh, I mean, like, listen, I'm not the most avid college football fan. I know there's people that know the details a lot better, but um, I would venture to guess they're not the only people that have done this before. Uh, I don't know if that's a hot take. I think people have to throw their hands up and and clutch their pearls in situations like this. They took it a little far. They were kind of sloppy, you know, like a Venmo uh, paper trail. Like, come on, man. You guys are bad at crime. Yeah. Wh so, why, why does anyone have a public Venmo? Just put it on private. Like, I don't need to see that you paid your buddy 20 bucks for laundry. Exactly. And, you know, like instead of like, hey, put a pizza emoji or something, yeah. which is what you do when you're buying something sketchy on Cash App or Venmo. <laughs> uh, but I prefer Cash App personally. But, Actual. but, uh, but you know, like uh, they're like uh, tickets to Western Michigan. Uh, you know, here you go, Connor Stallions or whatever. So uh, I don't have all the details right, maybe. But I, I also think like Michigan's a very good football team. I wouldn't chalk up their season to anything that's going on. And I do think it's possible that Jim didn't know. I heard Biff Pogey, a guy I trust say, like I've spent the last three years with, uh, with Jim Harbaugh. And I can tell you, I didn't know about it. So he probably didn't know about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, good football game, good defenses. I loved watching those guys play up front and, uh, you know, Michigan's pretty good. Yeah. And I think that, that, that assistant coach was crying after the game, just punched his ticket to Chicago or wherever <laughs> Jim's coaching next year. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Where do you think that is going to be, by the way? I have no idea. I really don't. I mean, we, 
there's a few coaches. I feel like we fired a couple coaches this year and they're, and they're still chugging along. So I, I don't want to put anybody uh, six feet under uh, in the coaching ranks, but I mean, like Chicago would be fun, wouldn't it? It would be. I don't think, I don't think that one would happen. I, it's just a gut. A little mouse yeah. tells me that that wouldn't happen, but to have captain come back, come back yeah, to Chicago. Cool. I mean, it'd be cool. It, that guy can coach pro football. Cool. I mean, like he can coach college football too. But coach. when he was in division with us, when I was with the Rams, I mean, they were as physical as anybody and uh, it, he didn't leave because he couldn't coach. It's just kind of after a while that runs its course with him. Yeah. The best coaching story, of course, of the weekend is Jimbo Fisher hanging 51 <laughs> on Mississippi State, winning and then getting fired. And yeah. and he gets $76 million with no offset, which is just, I mean, America. God bless America. God bless yeah. Texas. God bless Texas. Yeah. God bless the SEC. We're in the wrong business. I mean, so, uh, we're, we're just yeah. slumming it here on the radio. Talking to Chris Long, uh, live from Charlottesville, after going to the big Michigan win over Penn State. Um, speaking of the Big Ten, C.J. Stroud, Big Ten quarterback, back in the state of Ohio for the first time since his college days, um, had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, helped blow that lead, then rallied him back again. Can you put into words, Chris, um, you had a pretty good rookie year as well. How impressive this is for C.J. Stroud? I mean, it's incredible. I, I, I sat there last night, and I'm supposed to break down all 30, 32 teams you know, get ready for our show, the whole thing, get ready for this show. I spent like an inordinate amount of time watching that game. I just three times probably on end zone and uh, watching the sideline view, watching guys get open by time, but more than anything, CJ Stroud off schedule. Uh, you never, you never blink with him because of that turnover margin. Um, he, he doesn't turn the ball over. He did yesterday, but you know, like early in the game, he almost threw a pick to Logan Wilson Logan was mugged up, bailed out, just unflappable, whether it's coming back from that, like, oh, crap, okay, this is that Lou Anarumo defense. I got a little taste of it. Now let's go to work. Or, you know, the pick late coming back and engineering that drive. Or, you know, let's not forget that drive. The first play is a huge chunk to Tank Dell that he drops. And a lot of young players might go in the tank after that, but he just, he hits Schultz. He hits Noah Brown, who had a great a great day. Truck Pratt, and they they got into the into field goal range. But I, I don't want to I don't want to overstate. I try not to overreact. But this guy, um, when it comes to quarterback takes, like let's let's skip the dating phase. Uh, you know, let's get <laughs> I, we 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 as football fans. I mean, it is time to put a ring on C.J. Stroud and call him an elite uh, elite quarterback. It's I mean. I, I don't want to overreact, but the throws I see him make, there's only like two, three guys in the league that can make these throws. I mean, it, it's incredible. And, you know, he hadn't done this on the road. Um, I feel like this team in general is rounding into form at the right time. Uh, Devin Singletary was huge for them yesterday. Come out, run the ball right away. Chris, um, they ran it. That was they gave huge. Devin Singletary the ball 30 times. I was like a Joe Gibbs 1988 game. Yeah, no, it was it was incredible. And Singletary, you don't think of him maybe, you know, because of the way he can catch the ball in the backfield and the way teams have used him in the past. Maybe some people don't think of him as a feature back, but this guy's a good player and might be the flavor they need. It, their their run game with what Slowick had chefed up yesterday was great. And I think for the Bengals, you know, missing Sam Hubbard is a big deal. Missing Sam Hubbard's a big deal. 
um, you know, up front, you're going to rely on, you know, sample and a rookie, the Murphy kid from Clemson to stop a, a, an offensive line. Who's been pretty good, even though they haven't been able to run the ball. And I think at different times in the game, the run game really hurt them, but more than anything for CJ to go on the road in November, Kevin Harlan on the call. <laughs> I mean, it just felt like playoff football and he, he went and put one of those under his belt. I think he's going to be somebody we watch. I was I was driving home yesterday like, my kids are going to be in college. We're going to still be talking about C.J. Stroud. We're going to be watching football on Sunday, watching C.J. Stroud play deep into the playoffs. That's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, um, and last week we saw, we had Dario Ogunbowale on, on on Friday, and he said, like, guys break the huddle fourth quarter. I mean, they they – they, he said, we basically run to the line because we know the play is going to work. We have that much faith in the guy. And it, it's amazing what confidence and faith and belief in that quarterback or that coach can do. Like, look at the Lions yesterday. Like, Dan Campbell, first half, fourth and five. We're just going to run David Montgomery up the middle, and we're going to get the yep. first down. Fourth and two late in the game, inside the 30. Instead of doing what 99% of America would have done – which is just kick the field goal, play defense. He went for it on fourth and two inside the 30, bled the clock, and went home. I mean, pfft. Yeah, I mean, as a guy who uh, who had more than I'd like to admit on the Lions, uh, I was happy <laughs> uh, once he, they converted on fourth and two. But, like, on, on fourth and two, I'm thinking there, Dan, I'm yelling at the TV, if you don't get this, you're going to lose this game. <laughs> Because that's the kind of game it was. I mean, it was like one of these old Big 12 games where the the last team to get a stop wins. And, um, you know, to Jared Goff's credit, there's a situation I thought late in the game where there's a lot of pressure when Chargers going down to score every possession. They're gashing you. They're chunking you. And you've got to keep the, the, the foot on the gas pedal and stay in that kind of like one ahead slot. And. They did that throughout the entire second half, and I think that's sometimes even harder than chasing. And I think for Jared, that was so impressive. But the perimeter run game for them was great. You know, it's fun to see Jamison Williams get a big block, uh, speeding up to spring David Montgomery on that touchdown. Uh, they missed him in the red zone over the last couple weeks. I mean, if you include Tampa Bay there, uh, and that's something they wanted to get shored up. But this this team. Early in the season, I said, I don't know if they're contenders because I want to see them do it more. To go on the road, win this game, to be in the pole position they are in the NFC, breathing down the Eagles' necks. I mean, this is Ford Field, hadn't had a playoff game in 23 years. They're going to host one uh, unless they they really collapse on the stretch because all of a sudden, Minnesota looks like a decent football team. Hey, I know you and Jared didn't over, overlap with the Rams, but... Yeah. I, I can tell you, I, I think you probably feel the same way. Like, I mean, I am so happy, happy for him. Yeah. So happy for him. And there's a great article, too, that Sam Farmer wrote in the L.A. Times on Saturday, which told, tried to tell. I mean, a, a lot of it's still behind closed doors. The story of Jared's exit here and the trade to Brad Holmes and, and the trade to the Lions. But Jared evidently, like, went back to Sean McVay a week later and wanted an exit interview. They traded him and said, I, I want to sit down with you. I want to hear from you. I want you to say it to my face, but I, I want to go through what went wrong and where you think I need to improve so that I can get my closure and move on. And, and he told Witt, Andrew Whitworth, who's going to do this. And Witt said, like, what are you kidding me? What are you crazy? Just go. Yeah. He said, no, yeah, I want to sit down <laughs> and I want to hear it. And he came back here first game in L.A., first game at SoFi. And he did that. It's kind of cool. 
No, I mean, incredible. I mean, he not only did that, he almost beat the Rams, I think, yeah. his first year in Detroit. And when nobody really believed in this in this chapter for him, everybody was like, oh, he's a bridge, the whole thing. And I think he's always going to exist in that that tier of quarterbacks that the public and maybe people upstairs in buildings are like, okay, he's he's a good quarterback, maybe not elite. You know, maybe we always have one eye on somebody else. Um, but if he continues to play this way, he's going to eat up a four or five year uh, window in Detroit and be their guy because their windows wide open. Uh, and, you know, as I said earlier in the season, I wanted to see more from them. I do think if they can host playoff games, they are contenders, whatever that word means um, because they have that attitude. They're fearless. And when a team's that fearless, when you know, Dan's half crazy and he's going to go on fourth, when you know, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at you and they have that attitude you have to match that that kind of nothing to lose uh, mindset. And not every team that they're going to play down the stretch is going to have that same mindset. It's so dangerous to have a team like that get into the dance. All right, we have to do our job and, and check the box, if we will, on the Jets. I, I don't think Trevor Simeon's a world beater. There's a reason he's bounced around as much as he has. I don't know that Tim Boyle is the answer either. But after watching what we saw again last night from the Jets and knowing Chris that they have the Bills and the Dolphins coming up in a span of five days. Yeah. Do you owe it to your defense and the rest of your team to try someone, something, anything different than Zach Wilson? In a word, yes. You do. <laughs> it's the best defense. I mean, like, this defense could be so damn good. I mean, they are so damn good, but... You know, talking about wasting defenses, that's what they're doing. Uh, last year, I think this group probably felt like, hey, just hang on for a year. They're going to go get help. And it's nothing against Zach. I mean, that's the hardest position in football. There's only, you know, 15 that are worth their salt in the league at any given time. And everybody else is just trying to figure out who's our next next guy, that sort of thing. And, you know, he had a lot of expectations on him. Um, and I don't think it's an easy spot to be thrown into every Sunday when you know Half the country hates you, and probably most Jets fans want to see you get the hook. So I feel for the guy. When he threw that pick last night, I could see his his face on the sideline. It's not because he doesn't care. I mean, the kid is busting his butt to 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 try to win games. But I think at this point, it is a business, and you do have all these guys on the other side of the ball who have been playing their hearts out. At some point, not only for for this team mathematically, but also for the, like the soul of this team. You know, when you, I was thinking about that plane ride on the way home last night, I, I think I used the word mutiny at, at one point, sitting here talking to the guys watching the game. If they lose this game, it's going to be like a mutiny on the plane ride. I, I know I know they got good guys in that locker room. I know Joe. I know Robert Sala is a, a great leader. Um, but at some point, those guys are going to look upstairs and say, hey, we got to make a change. And I think this was the last opportunity for for Zach if I'm the head coach. Yeah, I agree. And the schedule doesn't get easier. They get the the Bills and the Dolphins here. I mean, these are the yeah. two that they needed to win. Not, not that the Chargers are, you know, some easy mark, but you have them at home on a Monday night. You hold them to under 200 yards. You have to win that game. And then you go face. I love Antonio Pierce, but you go face an interim head coach. You have a great defense, and you're facing a rookie fourth-round pick at quarterback like Aiden O'Connell. But again, this is a game where you need to get these wins if you want any chance 
of, of Aaron's ridiculous, miraculous comeback. Like when you hear Melissa Stark during the game last night, not doubting anything that Melissa or Mike or Chris heard in their prep for the game. But when you hear Melissa say Aaron Rodgers now targeting mid-December, like, okay, what? sure. sure. Okay. It's like, it's almost as if it's almost as if he, he keeps saying or dropping hints like this to, to almost to kind of, Hey, encourage this team. Hey guys, let's get it going here. You know, yeah. I'm outside. Well, I'm mean, knocking. Listen, I, Hey, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, I'm not a surgeon. I'm not a physician, but Every time I've seen somebody pop their Achilles my whole life, it's taken a long time to come yeah. back. If he's going to come back at this age and do this and and he's going to play in December and be effective, it's going to be a, it's a it's a miracle of of modern medicine. So like, you know, I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm not trying to it's a, you know, you say, "Hey, people can doubt me, people can doubt, you know, uh this process, but what what else do you expect people to do? If you come back, great. Everybody's rooting for Aaron Rodgers to come back." They were a team I put in the Super Bowl when he was healthy to start the season. I, I think he's still good. I think he can still play. But with the way that offensive line's been, you know, taking snaps uh, and throwing the ball back and forth on the sidelines is going to be way different than than trying to. I mean, it's going to be a lot of quick game is all I'm going to say. <laughs> It'll uh, be the only game. <laughs> yeah. So so I guess like I'm not I'm not I'm certainly not trying to throw salt on it because I'm not trying to be a hater. Um, but it, it is hard for me to imagine. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Let's put yeah, it it's one way. of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things. But if they lose, I love two- to see Santa Claus. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm still holding out hope, stuff like that. But I'm not sure about the Achilles. Santa would be cool though. He would be cool. Or or if if like Aaron, because they play a TNF game right after Christmas. Like if he came back on the 28th, they're yeah. in Cleveland for that one. If he came back yeah. on the 28th, like dressed as Santa, that'd be cool. That'd be, that'd cool. be cool. Yeah, I have people would people would pay attention. People would pay attention. <laughs> Uh, pay attention to Chris's podcast, the Greenlight Podcast, and watch on the CW uh, the new Inside the NFL with Ryan, with the always smiling Jay Cutler, with Chad Ochocinco. Uh, great stuff last week with Joe Burrow, with Shannon Crowder, with all of it. Chris, great to have you on, man. Talk Thanks to you soon. so much. See you, Chris Long. Everybody, it is a it is a cool and different Inside the NFL now. Um, really good stuff breaking down X's and O's. Um, the loosest Joe Burrow has been I've seen doing an interview ever last week. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't doing stand-up, hmm. but he was smiling. He was laughing. He was joking. It was good stuff. Good, good, good. All right. Coming up. Did you see what the Browns did to the Ravens? That was fun. I <laughs> 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 made you laugh. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast. 
part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Are you still playing fantasy football? You still doing that? Um, I, I not really. No, I, 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 I'm in a league, but I don't, I don't control it. One of my buddies controls it for me. Well, because I know we've had conversations about this before, and that there are some interesting, um, uh, I guess, tasks that the loser of this league must undertake. So, are you, if you lose, even though you're not part of the day to day? Oh yeah, they'll, they'll hold me to it. Absolutely. I don't, I don't even know if I could tell you who's on my team right now, but. Um, if I were to lose, they would they would absolutely hold me to it, and uh, we, we'd have to go take care of business. What are some of the um, fails that I guess that you have? To do? What are some of the, the responsibilities of the losers of your league? What is uh, last year the loser uh, had to go to Alaska for a day? What do you mean, like for a day? Yeah. <laughs> for a day? Yeah. Okay. We went to a place called Nome, Alaska. I Actually, where the Iditarod, it, it goes through there, I think. Yeah, so, so the Luther, flood race. regardless of the geographic spot in the United States, would have to, for a day, get on a plane and and prove per, proof of purchase of the ticket and then take a photo, like, how do you- Oh yeah, I mean, there was, there was tasks involved. There was, I think he went in, in March. Um, Okay. But it was, it, it was, yeah, it was a whole thing. And that was just one year. That was just last year. This year, it'll be entirely different. What other previous uh, years? Any other examples? Because that's amazing. You have to go to Nome, Alaska. The year before the loser, you know, uh, Barstool Sports does the rough and rowdy, the boxing deal. He fought in that. <laughs> At the Super Bowl, the year we were there, he, he was he was fighting in the, in the, in the boxing on Friday night uh, before the game there. Oh my gosh! Yeah. This is a, you do not want to lose your fantasy league. Jeff. No, you don't. No, that's why I, I, I try to I try to put a lot of faith in in, in my buddy that's running yeah. the point. The Rich Eisen Show, everybody, with Rich returning tomorrow. Fear not, your national nightmare is soon to be over. <laughs> Rich back tomorrow. I'm Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Chris. Um, I can tell you that you should stream the NFL and Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone tonight. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open WWO Sports or on your Westwood One affiliate station's digital platforms. That's right. Stream Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, and Rich all season long for free and get in the zone AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions do apply. The Cleveland Browns won a game yesterday over the team that we had declared, yours truly had declared, the best team of the NFL, and did so by leading for 0-0-0 of gameplay. They did not lead for a second of the 60 minutes of football that were played. Has that ever happened? It has happened. It had not happened for the Browns in 18 years, but they won that game yesterday by kicking a field goal when Dustin Hopkins nailed the game-winning field goal with zeros on the clock, one of five teams in five games to end yesterday with a field goal with no time on the clock. After he had just missed an extra point. that would After he had missed an extra point to tie the game. <laughs> Dustin Hopkins said afterwards, it's like asking the arsonist to put out the fire that he set 
and then patting him on the back, thanking him for putting out the fire. That's great. That's he came amazing. up with that on the spot. Well, I don't know if he had used it before. Well done. But that is what he said. That's amazing. What a game. Here's what's crazy about that game. The second play from scrimmage, Kyle Hamilton, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, very good made an unbelievable play. As much as my father wants to blame Deshaun Watson, <laughs> I, maybe he could have put a little air underneath it. Give Kyle Hamilton credit. As Kevin Stefanski told Peter King this morning on his Football Morning in America piece on NBC Sports, it's like Wemby playing nickel. <laughs> That's how we describe Kyle Hamilton, who's <laughs> 6'3 and almost 6'4, made a ridiculous play off the edge, batted it to himself, and then walked into the end zone. Much like the second play from scrimmage week two, when, again, Alex Highsmith picked off Deshaun Watson on a Monday night in Pittsburgh and took it in for a touchdown. Deshaun Watson says he went over to AVP, Alex Van Pelt, the Browns offensive coordinator, and said, what the bleep rhymes with, well, forget it, what the bleep again? Are you bleeping kidding me again? Yeah, again. And then the Browns were down 14 to nothing. They were down 14 in the fourth quarter. They were down 15 in the third quarter. They found a way to win that game. Greg Newsom had a pick six. There was some officiating that both sides didn't like, but that was the case in every game. But in the end, the Browns ran at and through and wore down the Ravens in the fourth quarter, and it's another double-digit lead blown by the Ravens. They have had some unbelievable victories this year. Look what they did to the Lions. Look what they did to the Seahawks. I think they are in the conversation to make it to Vegas. I still think they are, if not the best team in football, one of the top two or three teams in football. But they've had trouble putting decent teams away in a few occasions here. Lamar Jackson played a fantastic game. Fantastic game. Got a ball, batted it up into the air, and it went for a pick six. The Browns' front seven in the second half got after Lamar, kept him in the pocket, sacked him a few times. Miles Garrett a sack and a half. And the Browns at six and three are now... In the conversation to win the AFC North. Now, the Ravens still have seven wins. They lead that division. But the Browns and the Steelers are each six and three. The Bengals are five and four. I'm not counting them out. Are you? Nope. They got that Joe Burrow guy. Yep. Steelers and Ravens this Thursday in Baltimore on TNF. This week's primetime games to open the week. Bengals, I'm sorry, Bengals, Bengals and Ravens. Ravens. Thank Bengals. you. Bengals and Ravens. The Steelers and the Browns in Cleveland. This week's primetime games. So good. So good. <laughs> to open the week, Bengals and Ravens in Baltimore. To close the week, Super Bowl rematch, Eagles and Chiefs in Kansas City. So good. Both teams coming off of buys. Both teams well-rested. Yeah, buddy. Sign me up. It's not as if... The Sunday night game is bad. I mean, it's not as good as the other ones. The Sunday night game this week is, hold on, reminding, scrolling down, the Vikings, Vikings Broncos. and the Broncos. Yeah, Josh Dobbs, baby. Josh we Dobbs. We love that, team. baby. The Pasternak goes a mile high. Well done. Well done. The three and five Broncos are on the field tonight. 
in Buffalo. Anyway, I digress. About the AFC North, the Browns legitimately have a shot now. They are 1-0 against the Bengals. They have split with the Ravens. They are 0-1 against the Steelers and have the Steelers again this week. After that, they don't get another division game until week 18 when they face the Bengals in Northern Kentucky. So, AFC North is going to go down, I think, until week 18 in all likelihood. It is the best division in football. They guarantee, I guarantee you right now, I will bet you another box of donuts that they will get three teams in the postseason, and there is a chance for four. Four has never happened. Now, it's only possible since 2000 when the playoffs expanded to seven teams. But I know three are getting in. The question is, who is the fourth? And is there a better chance of, say, the Texans or the Bills maybe being that seventh team as opposed to the fourth team from the AFC North? I don't know. But I do know that it is the best division in football, and you cannot argue that. I mean, I guess you can. Anything is arguable, but it would be a really bad argument. <laughs> Coming up next, how do they end it in New England? And we're still on the Roku. When you say end it in New England, what do you mean? It, like the run? I mean, well, if this is a choose-your-own-adventure, TJ, if this is a choose-your-own-adventure with Bill Belichick's Hall of Fame tenure as the coach and the GM of the New England Patriots, how does it end? Because Cincinnati. it is over. I think we all agree. And listen, I, I say that not with sarcasm, with snark. I, I'm not a screaming head trying to pile on the greatest coach of all time. But it's over. I, I don't know that anyone could look at it and well, come up with any other answer. The winning, question winning, is su winning Super Bowls, competing for division titles. That part is over. Is he the best? Uh, plan forward for the rebuild? That's the question. I, I think that's been decided. I don't think he's going to coach next year. I just can't see it continuing. So when I say it's over, I'm, I'm going with the assumption. And I, I know, I know, ass, assume, ASS, you and me, I get it. Uh-huh, I get it. I'm going with it is over. The question is, how does it end? You don't think he coaches next year? You don't think he coaches there. there next year? He does not coach there, there. next year. Okay. I cannot see T it. TJ wants him in Dallas. I mean, Shh. oof, I mean, you you're making it. noises at me here, but you don't. I mean, you don't think he coaches there next year? Dallas or no. New England? New England. Seems unlikely. Seems unlikely. But I'm, not, I'm not ruling it out.